Hi, you're listening to The Clash Podcast with myself, Tyler Pollard, and my co-host, Steve Liebzeit, a podcast bringing together two different generations of believers differing in age and experience, but sharing in the same Holy Spirit gifted to us through Christ Jesus. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? My name is Tyler Pollard. I'm here with my co-host, Steve Liebzeit. And we are coming at you with uh, podcast number seven. And we're going to be talking today about what it means to be freed from the law, walking in the spirit in that freedom. Steve, how are you today? I'm doing great today. Doing good. This is a great topic for us to be going into, especially given the current state of the world. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a hard topic to discuss sometimes. Um, because if we focus too much on the external truth, of this topic we miss the point if that makes sense but it's one of those things where we have to like focus on the internal truth and what scripture says about our freedom from the law there are some things that just are not intuitive when we start speaking um to this topic because uh they're not natural and um we need to we need to really understand um this the scriptural references that we'll be touching on today and um, and not necessarily be going with uh, what we what our, what our instincts tell us, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so to to kind of take it back a little bit here, last podcast we talked about what it means to walk in the spirit. We kind of introduced that. You know, that's that this new series that we're starting here. And we talked about abiding in Christ. How apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Um, so we kind of talked about how that coincides with really what the full gospel is, you know, not only the fact that through Christ Jesus and through his death on the cross and his resurrection, are we forgiven of the penalty for our sins, but now through his life, now inside of us, we are delivered through, from our desire to sin, from, from our sins in this present day and age. And now the beautiful thing is that Christ is living his life through us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that today. And we're going to look at Romans 8, 1 through 12 to kind of go a little bit deeper into that. Right. And every aspect of what we're discussing here is really supernatural. Um, I mean, and uh, and certainly outside the, the realm of the tangible world. And so you know, it's going to be a topic that for some people may be a little bit uncomfortable, but everything that we are going to discuss has scriptural roots and scriptural support. So bear with us. Yeah, absolutely. And so first, I think what this all revolves around is like how we are delivered from our sin. Okay. And here's the thing throughout life, we have been taught and we've been conditioned with this idea that you get out what you put in. Now, and don't get me wrong, this is a principle that is true in most life situations. You know, we have always been taught to think that in order to achieve things in life, life, we must roll up the sleeves and get to work, right? Now, this might be true in life, but in our spiritual lives, the opposite is true. Victory over sin isn't to be achieved by your own self-effort. Because right. the reality is, is what scripture tells us is that it's already been won. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you one of the ways, one of the places that I saw um, this being a huge challenge is some of the years that we spent in smaller um, rural areas of Wyoming. 
Um, and there's this strong independent pioneer spirit there. Um, people that are multi-generational ranchers and farmers that um, have, uh, have really come up under the, um, the concept of being able to pull, up by, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, rely upon yourself alone. Um, nobody's getting up at 2 a.m. to go out and pull a calf that's having trouble being born, but you. And so there's this self-reliance that, that, um, that is really strong in that culture and a lack of reliance on God for a lot of things. Um, in many cases, not across the board. There's some wonderful Christian people in Wyoming, don't get me wrong. But, uh, but it is, uh, it's an aspect of the culture in some of our, um, our more challenging rural areas. And, um, and uh, it seems more pronounced just because there's fewer people, I think, in, in those areas. But, um, but it's certainly, um, it's certainly when, when you fully embrace self-reliance, um, life gets really, really hard and really difficult. And, you know, I had numerous opportunities in those settings to minister to people that did not have this kind of relationship with the Lord that we're talking about here and did not have the presence of the Holy Spirit working within them. And, and trying to make it through the tough parts of life um, on your own is, um, is really, really hard, if not completely um, impossible at certain times. Anyhow, yeah. I like the word that you use there, impossible, because that's the reality of it. The Christian life is impossible to live without reliance upon Jesus. That's why God gives us the presence of Jesus inside of us. In last, last podcast episode, we talked about how this is the way that we are created. We are created to be dependent upon God. You know, we are created to, you know, defer to him for all things that were right and wrong. And we trace this all the way back to Adam and Eve, you know, how like in the garden, man's first sin really at its root was disobedience from God, this kind of inclination to say, I want to choose for myself between what is right and wrong. And as Christians, we still feel that inclination, even when we've been saved and we, we understand the fact that we've been forgiven of our sins, you know, we still try to look towards the law. We look towards, you know, our performance to tell us what our identity is as a Christian. And the reality is that we have now been made a child of God and our identity lies not on what's external, but now what's internal. And that's God's indwelling presence within us, the presence of Christ Jesus now living his life through us. Right. Now, here's the big question, you know, we're going to address today. How in the world am I delivered from my sins? Right? That's the, the question of all questions right there. I've been saved. Um, and some of you might be, uh, have just become a Christian and you are saved, but you're discouraged by the fact that sin is still present in your life. You know, today we're going to look at what Paul has to say about that in Romans 8, 1 through 11. You know, he shows us that victory over sin has already been achieved. You know, as we look towards Christ and what he's done for us, that is what empowers obedience. Yeah, and Galatians, if, if I could quote from Gal Galatians 5, 16 here. Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. 
and yeah. and we're going to get a little bit more into to the law versus the power of the spirit here so what that uh, it's a beautiful scripture because what paul is talking about is similar to what he's addressing here in romans 8 1 through 11 you know and before we get into that let's define what it means to walk in the spirit versus walk in the flesh. We talked a little bit about that last episode. You know, when you're walking in the flesh, you're thinking from a mindset of what can I do for God? You know, when you're walking in the spirit, it's a mindset of, you know, what can God do through me? It's a matter of earning versus trusting, if that makes sense. When we think in that mindset of trying to earn things, you know, we're still living in the flesh. And that kind of mindset is set against God. But when we're trusting in what Christ is able to do through us, we approach God every day through that freedom. We're able to enjoy the beauty of his love and just enjoy that in the moment, each day by day. Yeah, we're, we're, we're freed because we understand that um, we're, that we need to be dependent upon him. And so it's no, so we're, we step away from that compulsion to be um, self-reliant and um, as we, we rest in him and rest in his power to, to guide us and to strengthen us, there is, um, there's a peace in that situation, right, in that state. Yep, absolutely. A peace that surpasses all understanding. It's not something that you can explain to somebody who isn't in Christ Jesus. You know, it's something that the Holy Spirit gives us from within. All right, so let's get right into this, Steve. We got Romans 8, 1 through 11. And this is such a beautiful scripture. If you really take some time to think about what Paul is talking about here. He starts off by saying in verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. All right, so that wraps it up there with verse 11. And that is a lot to unpack. So we're going to break it down into little sections here. Yeah, it um, is. But I think if we if we start by rolling back to the Old Testament and looking at the, the source of the law and... Um, the traditions and of course the 12 the 10 commandments were a part of that as well and um the fact that god had, had outlined all these different laws god as well as the the jewish leaders all these different laws that society was to abide by 
in um, literally hundreds of which. And um, of course, since we're all broken and simple in nature, um, people were not able to keep all of those. And so everyone was sinful. Everybody knows that they're sinful at the core. There, there wasn't any other um, clear solution at that point in history, but it all changed with Jesus, right? So, so with, with the Jesus coming on the scene, with his sacrifice upon the cross, with the rending of the curtain in the temple, and um, that we saw a complete change in the fact that we had immediate access from that point forward to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he states that he says, I'm leaving you a comforter, I'm leaving you the Holy Spirit. So that's a pivotal change in the history of mankind, um, giving us the access to God that we needed in order to really walk by the power of the Holy Spirit and be reliant upon the Holy Spirit to help guide us and strengthen us and, and, and help us to fulfill our lives in the way God wants, us, wants them to be fulfilled. I think where a lot of people can get confused with the law is we can confuse the law as like, a path to righteousness, you know, following it obediently is going to be what leads to righteousness. Whereas in reality, the law was meant to show us our need for a savior. Mm -hmm. And like it says right here in verse, uh, verse three, you know, for God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. You know, so the, the Mosaic law was weakened by the flesh because we respond to it by trying to be righteous from our own strength. We look to try to be obedient from our own sin-infected source. And it's not as much about what we do externally, rather the source of that. So even like take the Pharisees, for example, they had followed the law perfectly. They had gotten it down to a science, but they missed the big picture, you know, in loving others. It wasn't about obedience, you know, it was about, you know, loving others, relationships. And we can only do that naturally from a source that's within. So what we see here in these first four, four verses is that as we trust in the power of Christ's indwelling presence within us, that is what empowers obedience. You know, deliverance from sin becomes a natural consequence of our relationship with Jesus every day. Right. So, so again, but in contrast to prior to Jesus, you know, that, uh, that access, that, um, that power of the Holy spirit, was not readily accessible to us in the way that it is today. And what a blessing it is for us to be living in the times that we're in and to, um, and to know that the Holy Spirit is right here with us at all times. Um, and that, um, that regardless of whether or not we stumble, which we do, and that's gonna happen, um, but regardless that the Holy Spirit is there and um, and how do we, Tyler, from your perspective, how do we deal with those scenarios? I mean, the fact that we're still sinful, broken, we still make mistakes, you know, what's, how do we approach that? So I think we have to focus on our identity within, you know, if we are kind of focusing on the external performance, we're going to be misaligned with who we are. 
Uh, I actually have a quote to kind of answer that question from uh, a book called The Rest of the Gospel by Dan Stone. Mm -hmm. So he says, unless we understand that our true eternal identity lies in our spirit, the identity God gave us at our new birth, we will habitually draw our identity from our below the line performance. You know, Paul says, set your mind on things above in first uh, Colossians three, you know, um, whether good or bad, our focus will be on trying to clean up our act and look good enough for God to accept. And that's where almost all Christians are trying to, trying to become something that they already are. So it, it becomes like, you're going to fall into sin every single day, you know, but it, it comes a matter of trusting it and what Christ is able to do through you. You know, when you focus on Christ, deliverance from that sin becomes a natural consequence because we know that Christ is now living within us. He is delivering us from that sin. He's now living his life through us. But a lot of times we can just focus on that sin. You know, it's like trying to be on a diet, right? And going to like Pizza Hut and trying to overcome that diet by just looking at the menu. That's what like trying to overcome sin is like by looking at the law or kind of setting all these rules and regulations, you know? But that's why we have um, we have salad bars at Pizza Hut, right? It's to overcome sin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Other options, right? No. Right. Okay. <laughs> but no, going back to what you're so so the focus on God, the focus is the key. And, um, you know, and it brings to mind, you know, the, one of the more common referred to verses in Galatians also, um, 5.22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, um, and those are, are some of the most wonderful, powerful benefits of being right with God and being in relationship with him and the Holy Spirit at work within us. But if you back up to the beginning of that particular paragraph, um, you know, he defines, you know, the works of the flesh as sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, um, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, division, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I think that, um, that clearly the focus, the focus is on our relationship with God, the power of the Holy Spirit to work within us all gifted to us by um, Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that um, it's through that focus, through that understanding, um, that, we, that we really develop our understanding and our knowledge of God, and the Holy Spirit manifests in us and strengthens us to avoid all of these things that I just mentioned and more, and, um, and live in, um, filled with, uh, with all of these other attributes that we've noted in verse 22. So I, I have another quote, Steve, here from uh, another book. I just love the way that these authors talk about it. And this is really what's inspired me to, to really see who I am in Christ. This comes from Grace Rules by Steve McVeigh. He says, the principle of indwelling sin is a reality of life in the life of every believer. As long as we live in our physical body, it will be a force with which we must reckon. God has given us, however, the antidote for the power of sin through Jesus Christ. And he talks about how Paul sets forth this truth with clarity in chapter eight, verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. 
Now, the law of sin and death is always present, seeking to pull the Christian down into independent living at every moment. But there is another law in which the Christian may rest. It is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The latter law will always supersede the former. As we trust him, Jesus will never fail to overcome the law of sin and death. And that's how we see that this life of a Christian becomes this life of walking step by step, step of trusting in what Christ is able to do within you rather than trying to do something for Christ, you know, do something for God as a response to what he's already done for you. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, so another um, commentary that I was looking at, um, kind of words that in a similar fashion, but says that, you know, the presence of, of, the indwelling Christ, the Holy Spirit, is is the believer's guarantee of life, of life eternal, um, and uh, so it's something that we we don't want to get too focused on on the experiential side of our relationship with God because because the Holy Spirit is um, is something that is um, that I would. The way that I put it is kind of ebbs and flows. You know, there's there's things that we need to know absolutely intellectually, and that's one of the reasons why we study God's word. So we know that. Okay, that's one of the reasons. The other is that there's a spiritual aspect of that we touched on before, um, referring back to Hebrews chapter four, and that there's there's a spiritual side of this that um, where we God is is not only instilling knowledge in us at our at our heart but he's he's also giving us a certain sense of the truth certain sense certain perceptions that only he can instill in us in our hearts in our minds and our soul you follow with that yeah and it's it's just trusting that internal source you know mm-hmm. And that's where we see that the Christian life, you know, things that we do, like read our Bible, pray, go out and share the gospel, go to church, you know, those things are a consequence of the spirit of God already in us. You know, those things are a blessing. Those things are things that we crave because the spirit wills us towards those things. But a lot of the times we look at those things as like our route to knowing to like being closer to God, you know? And they are, they allow us to know God more, you know, but we approach God every day through the spirit, through the blood of Christ, through what he has already done, you know? So it's like, we, we can't feel like if we have fallen into sin or if we have like, we experienced a bad day, you know, that means we can't open our Bible or we can't pray. You know, those are the times we need to draw closer to him more. You know, those are the times that we need to lean into that even more. Right. So do you think that most people see this as something that's kind of a complex concept or, um, or can we really look at it through a simple lens? I think it's a very complex issue because it, it addresses or it hits right at like the source of, you know, of sin, you know, independence from God. So we think in terms of like, we always want, we're always inclined to work, you know, work, work, work for what we achieve. And that's why this is so hard. You know, it's like, be still and know that I am God. It requires faith. You know, it requires faith in what Christ is doing through you. It requires faith in those things and 
putting your faith in what God's word says over what your experience is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that we have, is our nature to also complicate this and overcomplicate it. You know, it, you can, I mean, you can also, I mean, I don't know that you can oversimplify it. I mean, the fact of the matter is that God is our creator. He made us and he made us to be in relationship with him. And so you've got that father child relationship. Um, and, uh, and that you've got the child who has a ten natural tendency to misbehave. And so we can start to look at it through um, simplistic terms, if we really step back and, and look at it in, um, and draw parallels between, you know, our personal relationship with God as our father and our tendencies and our behavior as his children. It doesn't yeah, feel, it, it never feels simple though. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but it really is that simple, right? It's like we, we're just meant to enjoy a relationship with God every day and trust what flows out through that. But we look at all these technical details, you know, we try to put together this like formula of what we have to like cross off and do in order to be sanctified by God in order to, um, you know, just overcome these struggles that are in our lives. And the funny thing is when we stop looking at those things as duties, they actually become things that we want to do every day, you know, because it's just the natural consequence of what is within us. You know, we have been reborn. The spirit of God and the desire to know God more overrides our desire to sin. Mm -hmm. You know, so like we're going to crave that. And when we just, I feel like when we, we let guilt got a relationship with God, you know, it keeps us stagnant. You know, it's going to keep us in that like burnout phase. Mm -hmm. Like, so we're always going to be stuck in that cycle of like trying to recommit ourselves to God and trying to be like, okay, God, I'm going to read your word every single day. I'm going to do all that. You know, when you stop just focusing on the externals and the performance, you know, those things just become a natural consequence. Yeah. It's, it's a crazy concept, but it's what, what the word says here. So like, think about it. So we talked about how, um, you know, the flesh is really anything without Christ as the source right? So God says, or for, uh, Paul says right here, he says, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. And he said, those who live according to their flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. This really jumps out to me because I think what it says here is the ironic thing about obedience is when we try to be obedient from our own source, our own self-effort, even if our intentions are right, the ironic thing is that we're just going to fall into into sin you know we're just going to do the opposite uh paul talks mm -hmm. about that a little bit in romans 7 before this he says what i want to do i do not you know it's not in our nature to be obedient to god there's no obedience that is pleasing to him that doesn't have christ as the source you know yeah yeah you know and one of the you know going back to, to earlier in the conversation so so one of the visuals that comes to mind for me is um is this, this idea that we're really, until, until we give our lives to the Lord, until we experience that transformation, that conversion, really, really, truly, deeply understanding the truth of his sacrifice on the cross and the fact that we are truly saved from our sins, 
that we're kind of in this pit, you know, kind of existing in the, in the darkness and, um, and just how, how joyful it is to come out of that and to recognize and to see the light and to recognize that, hey, I'm now living in a whole nother state. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to, to see our lives in that way is that now you are saved. Your perspective just went from now until the time that you pass away here from this temporal life to eternity. So you, you've gone from this time of, of challenge and trial and, and occasional joy and happiness and sorrow and disappointment and all of these different things. You've gone, you go from that to an eternity of joy and wonder and, and glory in heaven with him. And, um, and so, but until you get to that point, then you can't really see that light and you don't really see the wonders around you. I mean, I think that one of the things that, that happens is you gain a great deal of motivation to live a life that, is, um, that, that he is, is happy with, that brings joy to him, that, that, is, uh, that, you know, that furthers his kingdom on this earth. But, but, and with that, that means doing whatever we're called to do, whether it's work, father, husband, whatever roles that we have here upon this earth, that we do them and we do them with joy and we, we find joy in that. You know, it's not something that we really have to force ourselves to do because we see a bigger picture. We have this incredible relationship that is growing in the presence of God with the power of the Holy Spirit working within us. And, um, and so the world looks different to us and we are motivated um, from a very, very high level, you know, ultimately not by money or success or recognition or fame. It's a much higher level than any of that. Right. Yeah. It's like we get to focus on enjoying our relationship with the creator, you know, mm -hmm. and when we focus on enjoying our relationship with the creator and the blessing of that every single day, it allows us to enjoy the creation in a more natural and healthy way, you know, and that's the blessing of eternal life. That's like the, the beauty of the gospel in a day-to-day -day sense, you know, is it's not just like forgiveness of sin now, Christ later on in heaven, but it's Christ right now in you every single day that you get to experience and you get to enjoy, you know, and the identities that you take on in this world, like husband, wife, father, pastor, businessman, you know, you can trust that Christ is able to live through you in those things, you know, express his identity through you in those things, you know, and mm -hmm. the father that you couldn't be Christ is capable of being through you or the pastor that you want to be. You can trust that Christ is able to do that through you, mm -hmm. you know, and it's like just this freedom to understand that like now christ is the one that lives through us you know we don't have to do this on our own we don't have to go out and evangelize to a lost world on our own christ is doing that through us you know and that's it's just such a beautiful thing to enjoy every day and it's like when you live in that internal clinging to that internal reality every single day nothing external can threaten the peace that that gives you so take right now what's going on all these crazy things you know this pandemic this um, these this political turmoil, you know, despite those things, it doesn't change the fact that Christ now lives within us, you know, and that's why Christians can live out of a peace that surpasses all understanding, you know, and it's like, 
tomorrow, Steve, I can lose my house. I can lose everything that I've ever had, but it wouldn't threaten the peace that I have within, you know, it wouldn't change the fact that I could still rely on God and I can still have faith and trust in the fact that there's a bigger picture at play to it all. Yeah, boy, I'm so glad you brought that into the context of the day. Um, but because that really does bring out the complexities of what we're talking about. And the fact that, uh, that we can, we can understand these things. We can be walking in step with the Lord and, uh, and have the Holy Spirit within us, influencing us, guiding, and guiding us. But still, um, you know, we still are surrounded by a lot of people that are full of angst, that have great concerns. Um, we're still in our, in our and for some of us, and for me, there's still a sense of, um, of concern for what is happening, so a lot of the things that are happening in our world, that doesn't go away. But I think what the, if I'd have to say that the main difference for us as, as believers, as disciples, as followers of, of Christ, is again, coming back to that, that eternal perspective and the fact that our identity, our actual identity is not in what we do in the world today or what we're responsible for or what people to look to us for in our day-to-day -day activities, our identity is, is much more profound because it is in Jesus. It was in our relationship with God more than anything. That's, that is our primary uh, perspective, is that we understand that, that first and foremost, that we are his children, that um, he is our God, and that we are here to serve him and to bring glory to him. And we're to do that um, regardless of the circumstances. Um, and we're to adapt and continue to look for the opportunities and the ways in which he wants to use us. Exactly. That's what Paul says here at the end, right? Mm -hmm. He talks about these realities of what happens and the consequence of Christ now living in us. He talks about, you know, how like a mindset on the flesh is just going to be more disobedient to God. But he wraps this up by reminding them, he's saying, you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if in fact the spirit of him, of Christ Jesus dwells in you, you know. So if you're a believer, a believer and you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus, you live in the spirit. And it's like, just focus on that every day. Live out of that identity. And Steve, Romans 8, 11 here. It's probably my favorite verse in the entire Bible from a personal sense. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Yes. So all of us at one point or another have been separated from God, living in our sin, living in that desire to sin. But now that same Holy Spirit that was capable of resurrecting Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit that now has resurrected you from a spiritual death within, you know, and has now given you a new birth, a new identity in Christ. And it's like, that is the life in which we live out of every single day. And it's a beautiful thing to really understand. It is. Yeah. That's like, I kind of see that. That's the, that I'm 10 foot tall and bulletproof verse, you know, because yeah. with me, <laughs> nothing can harm me and there's nothing that I can't do that God wants to see happen, you know? And uh, yeah. So one of the things we really haven't touched on much here is the fact that there is, um, there is clearly um, powerful uh, entity within this world um, driving us. Um, and, uh, and we, you know, 
we see that it, it, we've seen that as of late, I think, in a lot of the the video clips that we've seen of world leaders and how they're being influenced and driven um, certain people to do bad things and do wrong things. And, um, and uh, that it makes it clear that, I mean, the deceit of this world, I mean, it runs deep and it runs wide and that, you know, as we talk about this and most of us are just your average worker bees here in this world, um, it's not just us. I mean, it's the highest levels and enemies at work with, um, with extensive complex strategies that have been devised over his um, thousands of years of existence. And uh, so we, we don't want to, we don't want to focus on that, but we certainly don't want to lose sight of that fact. What are your thoughts, Tyler? Yeah, I think um, you use the word deceit and that's really all that it is, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, everything is a battle for souls, you know, and the enemy's trick is to try to push us away from the truth of the gospel, you know, so those who haven't uh, received the gospel and received Jesus as their savior, you know, he's working through all these things to try to make people not see those truths, you know, not come to a place where they can be in a relationship with God again. But where he works against the believer is to convince them you know, he wants you to, he wants to deceive you through these things. You know, he wants you to focus on what's happening around you and let that affect your state rather than keep your eyes on what Jesus Christ has already done for you, what he is now doing within you and right. what is to come when we are freed from the bodily presence of sin, standing before him one day, you know, so all of it is deception. All of it is meant to get, to take your eyes off of like God's word every day, to take your eyes away from him and you can't let that happen you have to be disciplined you know you have to like just keep your eyes on jesus and just focus on that yeah uh, you know our nature our nature drives us to to tend to be self-focused you know and and when we do that i mean we all know that we're that that we have this this sinful nature that the enemy has exploited from time to time through the course of our lives and so he wants us to, the, the enemy wants us to be focused upon ourselves and upon our past and, and find ourselves feeling a sense of guilt before God. And, um, and boy, when we do that, we completely, we, we completely lose sight of the incredible sacrifice that was made to eliminate the guilt of that sin, right? So guilt in and of itself is sin. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um... But no, you, were, you, were, you were making reference to keeping your eyes on Jesus. And, and whenever somebody says that, this old hymn comes back to mind. Um, and, and many of you have heard it. You know, it's, it's really old. But I mean, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I, there was a famous country singer that recorded that about 15, 20 years ago, but uh, brought it back up. But um, but it's a great reminder of that, you know, when, when we try and boil this down to the simplest things that we need to do, it's first and foremost keeping our eyes on Jesus. Not upon ourselves, not upon our simple past, not upon, upon the circumstances in which we live, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus. 
Yep. And when we when we keep our eyes on Jesus, things like discipline, the fruits of the spirit, they become a consequence of what Christ is doing within us. You know, we can trust in those things every day. It's not a matter of earning. It's a matter of trusting. Now, I think I'll wrap up with this, Steve, and this for our audience. The next time that you fall into sin and it will happen, it happens every day. The first thing that you will feel is that guilt start to creep in. Maybe you said some things to your spouse that you want to take back. You couldn't control your anger. Maybe you found yourself looking at something you shouldn't have been looking at on the internet. Maybe fear is consuming you uh, about what will happen next. And every decision that you make is a result of that anxiety. You know, in all these situations as a believer, you have a deep conviction within you in which you desire to be delivered from this sin you have a hatred towards that sin you know the attitude of repentance that's the holy spirit speaking to you but it's easy to mistake that conviction for guilt and that's the devil trying to tell you that you aren't good enough for god when you are living out of that guilt he's a liar and i'm here to tell you not to listen to him you have been set free in christ and when you live out in that identity you will find yourself naturally being delivered from your sin. It doesn't mean that you will stop sinning tomorrow, but you can be assured that victory has been won over your sin. Like Paul says here, you are already good enough for God. The answer in being delivered from your sin is not more rules. It's not more grace, even given all the grace you need, but it's more relationship with Christ. Enjoy the freedom of that every single day. Nice. Very nice. I and mean, we've got to know to the depth of our soul that, um, that we have been forgiven and that we are now free from the grip of sin. That that, 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 that actually that moment in time that, um, that we were, that we were set free, it's incumbent upon us to be continuing to pursue God and pursue our relationship with God. But we, from that point forward, we never, never need to look back. And, um, and sin should never have a grip upon us again, if we're keeping our eyes upon Jesus and keeping our eyes upon, um, or our focus upon continuing to build our relationship with the Lord, you know. So, Amen. Well, if this time has opened up some thoughts for you and considerations for you, we're here. Just a call, text, or email away. Please reach out. We're happy for to help you here, and we're here for you. Um, you can email me at tylerpollard at theclashministry.com. Or steve at lifeonaprayer.com. Yeah, please reach out. We're here for you. We want to walk you through those things, but... Um, we just, we're blessed to be able to have this platform and be able to speak these truths to you today and be able to live out this relationship with Jesus every single day. Steve, you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Lord, we thank you for this time together today. What a blessing it is whenever we come together where two or more are gathered and we get to share um, your word and um, we get to experience your presence with us and how enriching that is. Lord, um, we need you. We need you each and every day. And, um, and we are still, even in light of the fact that your Holy Spirit is with us and in us, 
we still have times of frailty and weakness and um, and but we know that as Paul told us that you know when when he was weak he is strong in other words when he is weak he's strong in you because his eyes are upon you he was looking towards you and so should it be with us that those times when we're feeling beat down or weak or we're feeling we're starting to have some guilt sink in that we turn our eyes upon you and that we instantly realize the amazing power and wonder of your presence and your promises for us. Lord, I just pray that you would continue to work upon, um, upon us individually, Tyler and I, help us to grow to know you better each and every day. I pray for those that are listening, that very, the very same. Lord, and, and I would ask that for anyone that knows you, Lord, that you would help instill in them the desire to step out. And there's nothing more, um, there's nothing more rewarding um, than to be used by you to help to reach other people, however that might be, whether it's just providing um, some encouraging words, whether it is, um, it's, you know, helping somebody else accomplish something, whether it's providing for somebody else in some way, Lord, that you would just help us all to be activated and to be um, your arms and feet and your, your mouth and your hands and, and in this temporal world and that we would be furthering your kingdom in profound ways. Lord, we love you. It's in the name of your precious son we pray to you. Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus. thank you guys so much for getting through this podcast up to this point, and we're excited to come at you with future podcasts. We know it's been a little bit of time between this podcast and our last one, but we're looking forward to getting an inconsistent rhythm here and just like Steve said, being used by God to speak these truths into your life. That's the blessing at the end of the day. And um, yeah, any any closing thoughts, Steve? No, just I, I, I think we need to try and do this more frequently so there's not such a long gap. And um, I think that uh, for the times that we are living in that, uh, you know, go back and look at these. I would encourage people to go back and reread the scriptures that we've referenced here today. And um, if you do have access to other commentaries, um, and we all do, I mean, you, via the internet, there's there's some great resources there, one of which is the, the Blue Letter Bible. You can go to www.blueletterbible. Great, some great um, references or, excuse me, commentaries there for you to refer to. And, um, and take that time to actually speak read God's word. It is living and it is powerful and God means it to, um, to be a tool for you, a tool for him to help change you. And, uh, and uh, that's, that's what we all need. Continue to be changed and reinforced and strengthened and for the times that we're living in today. And, to, and, and through the process of, that, process of that, to gain clarity as far as God's eternal intentions for all mankind my thought amen well uh we'll see you guys next podcast all right